0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast episode number 330. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week
1: in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books
2: that we are looking forward to coming out February 1st, 2017.
0: We follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this time it's, well, time for our monthly look back. We're going to be taking, oh wait, no. Trade the notes trading policy yeah, it's our monthly trading policy this is a john pick where we're going to be looking at damon volume one from boone studios written by matt Gagan and art by brian Sulfrees. let me adjust the show notes page because that still says monthly look back
1: hey it's a look back at something that came out just finished up this one three like
0: uh, it took like two years
1: it took 27 months for eight <laughs> issues to
2: come out of this book
0: and so, I, it's a quality book though so it makes sense
2: I, yeah and I read it over that uh, that time period single issues Wow and uh, I, I loved it I thought it was great I enjoyed uh, everything it is a story that goes up and down like all over the place mm-hmm. and uh, if you're reading it single issues uh, over that time looking back on like yeah now I remember what happened in that issue yeah. and been able to pull everything back from
1: everything that's went on in those eight issues. I read it over the course. Well, we'll talk about it yeah. during the show. We got beer to discuss we right now. beer to discuss. You know, I'm, I'm sipping away at this uh, and taking small sips because, Chris, what are you drinking? It is heavy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a beer from Cigar City Brewing, and this is Marshall Zhukov's Vanilla Hazelnut Imperial Stout. This is riding high at – oh, man, I forgot what I said it. I looked at it before. I don't remember. This is a big boy. It's an Imperial Stout that has been brewed with vanilla and hazelnuts added to it. And I think this is one of those beers that you buy and then you sit on it and just kind of let it mellow out for a little bit because it's a lot of flavor up front and nothing really kind of stands out. It's very nice. It's very drinkable, very smooth, but it's kind of like a vanilla hazelnut cacophony in my mouth right now. And like mm. I don't have like any kind of... It's not rolling out the red carpet of flavour on my tongue. Which is what I want from it. It's, mm-hmm. it's still good, but so it's, it needs like a few months I think just to like sit in the bottle and mellow out.
1: When you say it's a cacao you're saying the vanilla and hazelnut aren't like working in tandem together, like you get vanilla and then the hazelnut or
0: Yeah, it's just like boom, hey here's a, here's a lot of flavor. You can't tell what's what, and uh-huh. then it mellows out and then you get like that stout, kind of bitter on the back. This it's not good, though. It's, I'm not going to hold this against it when it, yeah. it just needs, you know, it just needs, like, be chill for a little bit. It just needs, like, be calm, taking its surroundings. Like
1: creme brulee. you got to let it sit in the
0: basement See, cr- for a good year. Creme brulee, I stand by the fact that I can just drink that whenever, but it after it mellows out, yeah, it, you can just keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Paul, you were going to tell us what beer you were drinking. Yeah, this is... uh John cut you off, so I want to know what John's drinking right
1: he, now. He's drinking the same thing I am. I
0: want to know what John's drinking.
1: I'm telling you what John's drinking.
0: John, what are you drinking?
1: It's the seasonal from Southern Tier Brewing, the Imperial Ginger Beer. Did
0: you kill John? Why is he answering?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> when he cut me off, that was the last time. <laughs> I take no more guff. <laughs> no more guff from chubby podcasters. <laughs> uh, this is brewed with ginger, lime, and agave. Uh, this is uh, dated bottle birth on. Birth bottled on bait no because it's d-o-b what does that mean data bottling okay nice uh of december 20th so it's you know relatively a month old but uh it hasn't lost anything no this is big punch big big ginger punch um you said it was reminding you of Murphy's oil soap. <laughs> Murphy oil soap. Like I had like, This is why we don't talk off <laughs> off the show beforehand because well, we I haven't taken what a sip too for a while. I said it reminds me of the ginger that you get with sushi. Like that oh, I like that. Yeah. that red pinkish ginger, the pickled ginger. <laughs> yeah. If you like eating that straight, you'll like the big pop, big bowl ginger on it you and get, it is spicy you, on your tongue. It's got a spicy, it has I a do? little
2: little heat going in the throat. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the agave and maybe that lime, it kind of, it doesn't, it sweetens that heat a little mm-hmm.
1: bit. I don't know. It's it's weird to say. It's all heat from the ginger, though, not from the alcohol. I don't yeah. feel like an alcohol burn. Well, this yeah. is definitely a ginger And this is an imperial
2: I ginger beer. It's 8.5. Um, Krabby's,
1: which is the other
2: ginger beer that's out it's there. Soda. Krabby's is better than other, gin- like, the oh, yeah. non-alcoholic ginger beer. That's true. Um, Except from Ithaca. Can you can find anything. that. I mean, uh, yeah, they have it in four packs now in Wegmans. Oh. Uh, I thought
1: that's why Paul said it, because John sent me a text about that yesterday. Oh, no. I wasn't on that text. He wasn't. Was, that was strictly for you.
0: Um, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some of it when I come down, mm-hmm. or come up.
2: Krabby, Krabby's is something I could drink on my own. Krabby's is what I like to use for making... I usually drink gin mules. Okay. Um, But this is good. Um, we're going to make a, a cocktail out of this...
1: Lynn mm-hmm. Ron in the show, um, which I have done before because on uh, Untapped or somewhere, or maybe it was something to your Facebook page, they're like, oh, yeah, we designed this to so people could make mules with it. Like, yeah. you could just drink it straight. They, or- they made it in mind for you to make
2: mixed drinks with it with their products from their distillery. Oh, that's the big thing. <laughs> All right. That's why they made this. Mm. So it's it's synergy. Yes. Synergized. It's synergizing. I think like even like on the package, it's like,
1: make it with our vodka. Yeah. More than likely. Uh, yeah. I didn't see it on the bottle, though, so.
2: No, I think it's on the cardboard package. Oh. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it's something definitely to wake you up on a Sunday afternoon when you're podcasting, and... Hey, let's talk about some news. Yeah.
1: Uh, biggest news is the thing that you want to talk about. Let's get the sad news out of the way.
0: Yeah, a little bit of sad news. Uh, actor John Hurt, who you may know from Aliens as the war doctor from the Doctor Who special like three years ago, or Mr. Ollivander from the Harry Potter films, uh, has has passed away.
1: Well, not he also the storyteller in the... the Jim has storyteller, storyteller yes, Which he I was, was like. Uh, yeah, I have those this, on DVD. Before, probably I would have seen him the very first time. I, but I would never. Ali- I'm horrible. Yeah, I alien. would never but, recognize him until I'm like, wait a second. Like, I saw a picture of him, like, oh, in Remembrance with the dog, and I'm like, oh, he was him? Aww. Uh, yeah, and also, uh, The Elephant Man. Using that.
0: He I, I don't one. think I've ever actually seen that movie. Oh, it's a terrific movie. I've So Yeah, good. he was, um,. He's been like a lot of things. He was Hellboy's dad. Yep. That was him? Yeah, yeah uh, Dr. Brumfield or <laughs> I her? haven't seen it in a while. I've mm-hmm. never read it. I don't remember what the character's name is, but yeah, he's the like, the scientist.
2: Uh Broom. Professor Broom. Yeah. Uh The thing that shocked me was he was only seventy seven. He looks yeah. so old. <laughs> he's played such old characters for so long. But good God that guy had a head of hair. <laughs> great head of hair on that man.
1: Wow. He was super old when I was a kid. <laughs> and Storytellers, that guy was old. Well, that was makeup. <laughs> that was makeup? That
2: was make. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look, he doesn't have a big bulbous nose <laughs> and look
1: not <laughs> really bizarre. Man! What? Jim Henson, what great effects.
2: That guy would old. Uh,
0: I, this I, this I, weekend I... at Universal was the um, Harry Potter celebration that they do every year now, where it's basically like a Harry Potter convention where they encourage people to come down, and then they have like an expo, or they have props from the movies there, um, and then they have some of the stars from the films come out too, and they do like panels and stuff. But they had a wand raising Was
1: Luna there, Ollivanders
0: oh. in remembrance of John Hurt.
1: I saw a picture of that, and I like teared up a little, and I'm like, I don't know why, I don't know why this is getting to me right now, like because there's no re, like cool John Hurt, great guy, but. Oh, they're, like, everybody's taking time and just, like, doing a little, like, thoughtful ceremony, it's, you know? Uh, well, I
0: think it's because got... it's something, it's tangible. It's yeah. not just, like, you identify as a fan of something. It's, like, a way of interacting with it, mm-hmm. which is the great thing about being so close to, like, the Wizarding World. It's, like, it's right there, like, yeah. you can walk in through Hugs, you know, you can go to Diagon Alley. And it's more of a connection to it than it is just, like, reading it off the page or seeing it in the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: And was um, was that a spontaneous thing, or was that yeah, with that the was, expo? That was
0: just a, oh wow, that was a spontaneous thing. It just it happened because he passed away like that morning. Oh, I would
1: have fall I would have started crying if I was there and saw that was happening. I would have been like, oh my goodness, this is so like, and there's I have no relationship to this. You know, I keep on happening to go. Oh, he was him. <laughs> like I knew he was exactly. Mr. Ollivander, but man, that's that's really nice. That's that the. Uh, People took their time, you know, just did that, you know, interacted and feel the connection and yeah. raised their wands. It's nice. Yeah,
2: I agree. Sad. Um, sad.
1: But you know what's exciting? The Super Bowl and the Super Bowl coming yes, up was next week. I look forward to the Super Bowl. Every year we talk <laughs> about it. Yeah,
2: talk about the Super Bowl. And uh, we
1: know that. <laughs>
2: for years we've made Paul miss the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes.
1: And he's someone who loves football, who wants to watch it. Yep, pretty much. We're awful friends. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So I'll have it up on, like, the scores going live, and I'll I'll watch it kind of that way online uh, while we're doing it. So if I seem more distracted during the Super Bowl episodes, that's why. Uh, No, but we know that Disney has two uh, spots in the Super Bowl that are going to be showing off movies. Warner Brothers said they're not going to be showing off Wonder Woman, a trailer for Wonder Woman during the Super Bowl, or Justice League. Uh, and we also know that we're going to get a Baywatch ad. Uh, we're pretty sure Sony's has has something worked out, so they're sure it's pretty much going to be Super, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, but it could be The Smurfs <laughs> because they haven't they have a slot. For a movie, but this is what we're doing right now. Like we don't know which movies actually are going to get shown. Do we know what company is doing Jumanji? Uh, that's not even listed as as a, 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 list, a list here. Like uh, they're mentioning, there's definitely going to be a spot for Transformer. Or this is off of MovieWeb, uh, comicbook dot dot had the list too, but it was a stupid uh, you know, panel by panel. So I'm like, I'm not searching through this. So right now, we we know the movie releases or the studios that are doing them, but not the movies themselves. Jumanji, huh? Yeah,
0: because I'm wondering oh. if that's gonna be like the Warner Brothers ones or something. Because
1: that is being done by. It's not telling me Sony here. Columbia. Okay. okay. Mojo has it. Yeah. So that could be instead of Smurfs or
0: Spider Man. It could be Jumanji. I, I feel like Spider-Man would be a like a big movie to talk about. Smurfs, I don't see them spending the money to market that. It's it's like a family movie. Like people are yeah. going to go see that because it's Smurfs. You know what do you do on the weekend with your kids? Um, I think Jumanji could be something that they start to push a little bit more, um, especially because we haven't seen much of it besides just like cast pictures and like, production still type stuff. So it's coming out December twenty second. So. I mean, it's still a little ways away, but... What do you think oh, that... Oh, go ahead. Oh,
1: no, go ahead. Uh, what, gonna... what two movies do you think Disney's going to show? Because Disney owns everything right now. Marvel, Star Wars, think, their own stuff, I think, Pixar. I think it would be a good time to
2: release a teaser for uh, Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I think
1: we're going to get an episode 8 teaser. And... It's coming out in December, right or it's, November?
2: It's coming out in December. We've already we discussed in a previous show that it is a few months after the fact that they had released the teaser for uh, Force Awakens. So mm-hmm. we're kind of like due, due in a way. Okay. Um, we just got the title name. We'll probably I I would imagine
0: that would be huge.
2: Mm-hmm. That would get me to watch the Super Bowl. There's I would sit maybe... and watch the Super Bowl to watch that trailer.
0: Because pre pre-show, like, Paul, you were saying, like, maybe Guardians, and I think mm-hmm. since we've already had teasers and trailers for Guardians, probably not that one, but maybe Thor or Toy Story's coming out this summer, too.
1: Yeah, I see, I would say Toy Story and, like, to do a... Te- the thing with the Star Wars, just t- spending that $5 million, you know, for that spot, just for a teaser, you, you know, for 30 seconds, like... Thirty yeah, seconds seems long for a teaser, I guess. To blow the world up, people would yeah, go crazy. But, for like it.
0: the the teaser for Force Awakens was like the most watched movie trailer in history before yeah. I forget what it came out after it that like took that title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would be, I would totally be down for the Last Jedi to or to have one. I'd be there freaking out. Um, I just yeah. I, since I've been to the movies, I've actually been to movies, so I've seen some trailers already. So I've already seen the trailer for Guardians and I've seen the trailer for Pirates. So yeah, yeah I'd be excited to Pirate see. Looks like it's going to be
0: awesome. But again, like they've already put out you know, like, a trailer for it. I don't see them needing to spend the money to say like, hey, here's another one. I think it's going to be something like fresh, something new. Yeah, I can see Thor definitely
2: being one. Because that's something we haven't gotten any information, and that's coming up in a couple months.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, and what's nice about the Super Bowl stuff is normally it's new stuff that they put up on there. They're not going to just rehash like a trailer that you've already seen, even if it's a movie that has gotten a lot of trailers. Like Fox, they're definitely pretty much everybody saying it's going to be a Logan trailer. Well, we've but seen like, like I think like three things
0: from Logan already mm-hmm. now, though.
1: Yeah, but the television spots they edit, you know, those are always still a little different, right? And it's the Super Bowl, so you got to bring your A-game with it. I'm, I mean, they already released the Rated R trailer, so...
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else they can do to kind of show off that movie now.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't want to see anything more from that from it,
0: right. to be honest. I
1: So, think so do you guys them. have a top three movies you definitely want to see during the Super Bowl? Like trailers? Or is there... Just the ones that we've already mentioned. I think yeah, super, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars, and more Star Wars. Or? Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, Thor. Okay. Yeah,
2: I think that would that would do me. That would suffice.
1: Well, how about seeing uh, a teaser for uh, Godzilla King of Monsters? Because we're uh, oh, just getting casting. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we just, all we got so far is uh, more casting news that uh, Millie Bobby Brown uh, from the hit so show. Bobby. Yeah, Stranger Things eleven from Stranger Things is uh, going to be in the going to be in that movie. Who else is in the movie? Uh, probably Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, maybe really Rodan. Uh, are we, we going to see Brian Cranston back? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking uh, here. I hope not. Ba- so <laughs> Buzz and see the movie, so he doesn't I, know yeah. that
1: Cranston dies in it. Oh, he dies. But he uh... <laughs> he dies with, like the first like five minutes of it. Oh, that's how he he becomes Zordon. Okay, <laughs> that's how he becomes Zordon, and that's how they are going to make that. Godzilla vs. Kong versus Power Rangers movie that we've all been waiting for, and the whole world's been clamoring yeah. for. It. Like they plan on making the Godzilla
0: vs. Kong for 2020. I know. I'm yeah, reading I've it now. I didn't know I'm that. Okay with that because the more we see about like um, the new King Kong movie and more, I'm like, okay, oh, hey, like that looks pretty cool. And I did enjoy the uh, last Godzilla movie. I can't remember was it 2009 that it came out. No, no. it was um 2014 maybe is it yeah um i actually enjoyed that more than i thought i was going to so That was 2014 I thought, yeah i i am looking forward to this one and if kong delivers i'm i'll be jazzed for uh kong vs. godzilla uh
1: yeah skull island looks good it does. really okay it's, i have no interest <laughs> I, I did not like the Jack Black King Kong, and this one is like see, oh, more monsters. The, the stuff in the jungle was the best part of that King Kong movie, and yeah, then when all they, jungle, then
2: they took him to the city, and then I was like, man, this sucks. This looks like it's all about being in the jungle, and it looks like it's got the right actors in it. I can't like John C. Riley in it. Like <laughs> even in the trailer, it makes me like laugh, and I'm yeah. like, I can't wait to see what else this guy does.
1: I don't man, trust
0: him. We, King Kong, Jumanji, it's basically be the year of jungle movies. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Are we also getting the other Jungle Book movie this year that got pushed back because they're, they're like, oh, yeah, that Jungle Book movie is coming out. Uh, I, I hear we're going to get Jungle to Jungle 2. Oh, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's his name? Uh, president, uh, going to be president. Uh, what's his name? The kid actor Simba. Voice of Simba, young Simba. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, President Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. President? Yeah, he's going to be president one day. Of, of somebody's fan club, baby.
2: <laughs> oh, I really like your work in Jungle to Jungle, Tim Allen. I'm your number one fan. That's not true. Dude. We're not getting a sequel to Jungle, <laughs> to Jungle to Jungle. I made that up. I just oh, want people to know that. Did? That is not a thing. There was some rumor uh, nobody that they were it's sure requesting future, Parks,
0: future Parks and Rec episode idea. <laughs> sequel to, like... 90s Disney movies that will never happen that you want to see. There you go. There's
1: a rumor going around that they're trying to get Casper to. From, you know, the Christina Ricci movie. Yeah, I did see that. And I'm like, really? I wouldn't mind seeing
0: the movie Christina Ricci again. Are they going to kill
2: that kid again?
0: Yeah, more than likely. Well, they're not going to kill him again, but they're just going to remind you that he is dead.
1: I am they still hoping
0: for like a sequel to uh, Hocus Pocus someday. That's that's all I really want. That would be a good one. We got rumors a few years
2: ago, Tina Fey, in like writing. Oh, oh yeah, Pocus the, too. also the fact that
1: everyone else is like, yeah, like I would, I would totally do that. Yeah, and yeah, every every Halloween there's so much buzz around. Like there's <laughs> articles like wh- how how and when and where can you watch Hocus Pocus like on yeah. cable television? Um, it's like
0: best,
2: and, one of the
1: best Halloween movies.
0: Now at uh, Disney during their Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party, like it's a hard ticket event, you buy a ticket to get into it. It's like after hours, they close the park early, and then they have special events that happen throughout the night, like a special fireworks show, a special parade, like you can go trick or treating around the park and get like free candy. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a Sanderson sister show in front of the castle, like that features Disney villains. It's fantastic. And, like, the three people that they have playing the Sanderson sisters are, like, spot on. Like, watching it. And it, was like, I need to go home and watch Hocus Pocus. This is fantastic. So, yeah, I think there's still a market out there for it. It just needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, sidebar, Paul, I'm putting something in the uh, show notes messenger for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's a DC Bombshells katana statue. I like, I like the look of it.
1: Oh, cool. I really like the. Uh,
0: I, really, I like that line. I really like your look.
1: <laughs> I really I like the Star know Girl. You're gonna go with. That. I was gonna say the Star Girl with the glass that you got me, but. Uh, I'm no, I, I, it's a big market. I saw that and I was like, hey, this this is right up Paul's alley.
0: It's drinking and Star Girl.
1: <laughs> and you were saying how uh, there's still a big market for Hocus Pocus. There's a big market oh, yeah. for uh, board game conventions right now. In fact, uh, Penny Arcade Expo. Or what was formerly known as Penny Arcade Expo, uh, nice. now known as PAX, just P-A-X, um, is going, is spinning off and doing a board game, tabletop game only convention in Philadelphia, uh, in November 17th for three days. Uh, they're saying with the big crowds that they get at the, their regular, you know, uh, PAX Prime, PAX, they have a PAX Texas, right?
0: In the PAX so there's East, like multiple packs now.
1: Yeah, uh, that they're like, you know what, we can handle just a board game convention or just a tabletop role playing. I think they focus more on role playing, but I know that they do get some thing, um, you know, board games, tabletop games other than role playing. Uh, and they're saying, nope, there's a lot of people, a lot of our contributors, or exhibitors really want to see this happen. We know there's a big fan base that wants to see this happen because, Gencon every year is overcrowded and they keep on adding more and more spaces they took over Lucas Oil Stadium, which is where the Colts play a football team
2: football so they took the the over
1: the football yeah they took over the whole stadium with the convention center that's attached to Lucas Oil Field so that's how big of a draw Gen Con is every year and then you so they're, they're dipping their toes in. So I'm kind of excited and because it's so close. It's in Philly.
0: I can't remember if you said it on the show or if you said it pre show. How long is this convention? Three days. Three Sorry. days of board games. Like, that seems like a crazy amount of time. And nothing against it, but I'm just like, wow, I'm surprised that the board game market can like hold that amount of attention.
1: Oh yeah uh, Gen con runs uh, three days as well with an early night for contributors I uh, like the pre night though Wednesday I know that
0: and uh, I don't know how much attendance was let's see <clears throat> attendance by year uh, did they say when this is going to be or is it just something that they've uh, like announced that they will be doing they will be doing it November 17th
1: and it will be. Uh, for those three days in at the convention center in Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania Convention Center so where he in downtown. Or Wizard World
0: East, like, years ago? Yes. Okay.
1: And uh, Gen Con, back in 2015, had a turnstile attendance of 197,695 people. Wow. Uh, they're saying unique attendance was 61,500. There's about, so... My, uh,
2: my friend Melanie does just small local um, board game convention things because um, she belongs to a group that they sell games online as a like a, on a website and um, so she goes for the, the website and she teaches people how to play games and gives them to play games and they do tons of conventions because they make a load of money they make more at convention sales than they do online wow. uh, and the way she talks about it the place is always packed like people are are nutty for board games and getting together and playing with new people and finding out new games because every time you turn around you'll talk to somebody that you know like oh yeah i like to play board games oh i play board games have you ever played this game like no that sounds awesome have you ever played this game no so it's always like this thing where you get great ideas from other people about great games that you haven't heard of uh and that's like what i would want to go is to but be able to buy those games or find those games or find out about new games. And some games you gotta tr- you got to play them before you know if you really, really <laughs> like them or not.
0: So it's been a while since we've been to a convention. Um, partially probably my fault. I moved away. Sorry, everybody. Uh, do we want to try to make this a goal to try to get to this? Because I mean, it's November, so it's far enough away that we can start like planning.
1: Yeah, but that's also right after I lose my job. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so I got uh, you no know, offense, but yeah, I can't really start. I don't want to plan any trips until I know I have something else lined up for myself. After, but if you did, yeah, then it would be something I'd want to go to. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. It,
1: it there's a lot cool. of places I want to go. But also, then, if I start up a new job, will I be able to take time off? If it's a weekend thing, maybe. It's a weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a convention. It's going to happen over the weekend. You know who works weekends? Chris and me.
2: <laughs> you
1: don't. Yeah. I might work weekends. Who knows what I'll do?
2: <laughs> I doubt you're going to get it. If you do get a job that works weekends, you're going to be like, ah, nuts this. I'm getting a new job.
0: <laughs> um,
2: and also, Paul,
0: yeah, just be straightforward. Just say, like, hey, you know what? November seventeenth. Like, this this weekend <laughs> off, you know, in November. Mm-hmm. Or hey, Paul, do what I did when I had to take off that time for your wedding. I scheduled, like, my last day at my one job to be like that week, and then I scheduled my start day at my other job to be the week right after. So I had that yeah. that week free to hang with hang with my buds. Yeah, use your head. <laughs> I, I get your head in the game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Really. You must, you, you made a High School Musical reference yeah, right now. I did. You must really miss Parks and Rec right now. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> so much talk of what, Disney Parks right now. What's and Disney terrible movies. is like
0: Janet and I recorded an episode <laughs> that I like fifty percent edited. I just need to post it, and I've been wanting to record more, but I'm like, oh, I have to like finish this episode, and it's just been so like busy with work and stuff. And then when I get home, I just like collapse into a pile of um
2: sheets. Do you try I to I want to watch sheets?
0: a series of unfortunate events again and eat doritos. That I haven't. Something I want to do, something that's in the cards. It'll happen. My promise to everybody and myself. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I we can promise you any other news.
0: We
2: can promise you the books that we are going to buy oh, okay. next week. Yeah, that's the thing. Next week. I am forcing these segues so bad. You no, know, it's awful. You,
0: you got to mm-hmm. force it through.
2: And I am looking forward to, on February 1st, 2017, Moon Knight number 11. Uh, I've actually really enjoyed Jeff Lemire's take on this. He's really going into Mark Spector being super freaking nuts. Uh, And I've been enjoying it. It's been probably one of the books that I've stayed on for 11 issues out of all the new stuff that I've been picking up and buying. Uh, I did get number three of Ether, so let's see how far Ether goes, and if I continue on that.
0: Um, this is a book that you brought to the table for a look back with number one, uh, and then I read the subsequent issues of like the first four or five now. Yeah, it's a very different book, and I don't mean that in any slight, because it's not like anything else that's really coming out from mainstream superhero comic books. Um, and it's cool, and it's we talked uh, before the show about how you feel about it, how it's been, and it's something that I wouldn't mind kind of catching up on.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the second, the first volume is Moon Knight getting out of uh, this mental hospital with his friends that are in there, and then uh, he's, instead of being trapped in the hospital, he's kind of trapped in his own brain with his psychosis. Yeah. uh, And him getting through it, but going through all the different incarnations of the character through since the 70s when the character was created and all the weird stuff that people have tried to do, it's all there in his head. Hmm. And it really plays him out to be a lot crazier than he is, because you always play that, is he crazy or Mm -hmm. is he
1: sane and everyone just thinks he's crazy? Is it... Is, because it got a little nutty with, uh, like, the Grant Morrison Batman stuff. Like, when he was going crazy and he becomes a Batman as in hurrah again. Is it as nuts as that or even nuttier? And nuttier, but not that Grant Morrison kind of nuts. So a different brand of nuts. It's a different brand of nuts because... Not plant-based. It's, it's
2: still telling a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it lets you know, like, it... He's uh, Mark Spector, Hollywood producer, and they're making the movie of Moon Knight, and then like, he'll go to leave, uh, leave the studio, and he closes the door, and then all of a sudden he's the gritty 70s cab driver, Moon Knight. And then he picks up a fare, and he drops him off, and when the door closes, he's Mark Spector last human fighting moon werewolves things. You know, like, it goes into this stuff, and it just keeps cycling through all of this in every issue. Like, it keeps mm-hmm. moving through, and it does feel like this guy is crazy.
0: You obviously know there's something more going on. and it's That's really the thing well- with, like, Grant Morrison crazy, is it's... It makes sense only to Grant Morrison. Okay. Yep. And Because, John, you used, like, the perfect word that I was going to, like, if I had a chance to talk about this, is, like, Moon Knight's cohesive. Okay, it makes sense. Like when you're reading it, because like yeah, you're seeing someone like having a psychotic break, but you can kind of follow along with what Mark Specter's thinking and like where he's at. And then with Grant Morrison, it's just Grant Morrison.
1: Yeah, what he said, which is what <laughs> which I which I just said what you were
0: saying, John. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: So what you said summed up, uh, summarized. Well, something that we've uh, probably talked about in previous episodes. What are you getting? Uh, this is something we mentioned last week. Uh, how you know we went all digital? Is there any books that we would ever buy like paper format again? And I'm like, well, there is one. And guess what's being released this week? That one, uh, Absolute Wonder Woman by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, Volume One, uh, collecting issues zero through eighteen plus over fifty pages of backup character st- sketches, script material. Uh, work in that nice oversized, the the shipping weight on this is 6.2 pounds. So this book, you can brain somebody with. Right. Right. So it's not only a great visual storytelling medium, it's also a home defense item.
0: Right. And you said what is... You can brain them with it and then sit there and read to them as they're in their coma. (laughs) Issues 0 to 18, you say. Mm Mm-hmm. So it collects that weird
1: zero issue that they uh, that you know that they did like 10 issues into the series. It was 1 year into yeah. the re- uh, yeah, reverse 52 or New so 12 52. issues yeah. in. Yeah. Um so it was like instead of issue 13. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Which the you next still one still got an issue 13. <laughs> it's uh, I'm excited for it. It is pricey. Uh Diamond Diamond Comics uh, distribution is listing it as $125, but listeners there's a special offer I can offer you right now. If you're as excited as I am, you can go to com slash amazon and buy it for twenty five dollars off. That's right, we're saving you money. Just buy it there and only pay a hundred dollars for this deluxe, um, uh, a deluxe absolute edition.
0: And then you also help the cast. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't really like plugging like that, but I'm doing it. This that's how I'm buying the book.
0: No, it's. We're not as overt with our plugs as a lot of other podcasts, so hey. Uh, It's something you'll probably read anyways (laughs) because it's great,
1: so why not? And it's over $50, so you're getting free shipping. Unfortunately, uh, it looks like it's in pre-order status now, and it's on Amazon. It won't be available until February 28th, but for $25, I can wait the four weeks. Yeah. Especially since... Especially because it's stuff you've read before. (laughs) And I own, and I'm like, oh, I can... But I'm excited to see the backup material. Uh, I'm excited to see the art larger... You know, in a nicer uh, on that nicer paper and everything. Uh, I think I think all of the studios, all the major publishers, do really good work when they collect things like this. Uh, you know, their Omnibus, the absolute editions. What do is Marvel is the omnibus too? They do Marvel has yeah. their omnibus collection. Yeah. Uh, Dark Horse does their library collection, which I you know Hellboy has been released in, and I, this will be a tome that will sit on my shelf and I'll be like yes this is this is the best Wonder Woman story. Now how long were Azarello and Chang on the book? Uh full year or, or uh, over 52 issues. So oh wow so yeah it's going
0: to cost will me you some be locked pretty in for the rest of the the series as well.
1: Pretty much. So I'm okay. thinking 19 about 20 issues per so you know 3 3 to 4
0: gonna buy. probably 4 buy. so 400 bucks later <laughs> I have not bad. collected it, it sounds like a lot, but when you think about your enjoyment of the series and just like how you'll go back to it at that point, it's an investment. I mean, I've spent more on like my my favorite trades, and I don't regret that money at all. So,
2: and the other thing yeah. too, going in is like you collected the half of the series in
1: issues, and the yeah. other half in digital. digital. So at least now I'll have it all in one spot. Yeah, which I'm excited for, Chris. Yes, I'm Chris. Are you going to be spending that
0: kind of money like me, or are you no, going, to I'm pick going to be up? spending a little bit less? Because I'm looking forward to a new number one coming out from over at Marvel Comics. Also, oh, you're spending like sixty dollars. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be number one. It's gonna
2: be four ninety nine for that new number one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know that's that's still accessible. It's a cup of coffee, and you know number ones might be expensive. But when I ask you what the best part of the Star Wars prequel movies was. Your answer is going to be Darth Maul.
2: Oh, Jar Jar thinks. This yeah. uh, kid's saying wizard. <laughs> Are you an angel? Uh, hey, that but, guy taught me how to pick up women. <laughs>
0: but Marvel Comics and their Star Wars line is now bringing us Darth Maul number one. And this is going to be telling what happened to Darth Maul after that fateful battle that he had with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, that reintroduces him to the expanded universe. I honestly don't know what we're calling it now with like, Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars and everything else that's happening because it's not really the expanded universe. It's just the Disney canon, canon universe. Yeah. Yeah, call,
1: um, let's call it Disney canon. You know,
0: D- Disney canon. Yeah. Um, but Darth Maul number one. This is being written by Colin Bunn. I can't remember who's on art right now. Oh. I have to look this up.
1: Oh, John, um, Colin
0: Bunn. Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn. That's why I'm surprised you didn't pick this one. Me likey. I actually missed it. I didn't see it. But uh, it's it's bad to say it this way because we are comic book fans and Star Wars fans, but there's so many of like the Star Wars comic books that come out that we see it and we're like, oh, cool, they're doing another one. It, it, there's so much to try to keep up on, though, that it's kind of fallen off of the radar for me because I don't read these books regularly enough. Um, but yeah uh, Darth Maul number one Uh, art by Luke Ross who has also done work on Marvel's Totally Awesome Hulk he's done the Star Wars Force Awakens adaptation Um, he's done eight more books which I'm trying to load Uh, he did some stuff on X-Men Age of Apocalypse which was the not original Age of Apocalypse but like the retelling that they had like five years ago and then he worked on the Hercules book too art uh, Lucross.
1: Lucross?
2: I know you just said it, but I was still looking it up while you were just while you were doing it. I was like, oh, he's talking about it right now.
0: Well, I'm still going to put my two cents yeah, in. That's okay, because you just confirmed it for me. Yes, I did research the right guy. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm looking forward
2: to that. Yeah, it looks good. And I'm looking forward to a cocktail, Paul. Oh, well, so we're going to have to take a small break because i got to cut up some limes. And before we get into this cocktail that Paul just made, we have one thing we need to do.
0: And now, a dramatic reading from Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern Court, number 10, page 11, panel 2.
2: Okay, I'll share first. You're a tough act to follow. Should I slow my pace? I'm not talking about following you. I'm talking about following you as a Green Lantern of Sector 2814.
0: That was a dramatic reading from Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Number 10. Page 11. Panel 2. Hmm. Mm, smooth. I haven't read that issue, like that issue yet. Following around Ghost Ape Sapien. Go, save
1: Uh What do you think of the cocktail that I mixed up for you, John? It's pretty good. I think with uh, a little extra lime, and it, it kind of oh, mellows ginger. out that uh, ginger. Yeah,
2: it's nice. It's a nice little cocktail. Uh, I think it works definitely as something to mix with. Uh, I'd probably use it as a mixer versus
1: straight. Straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I did, I we made up Mos- I made up a Moscow Mule out of it. Uh, I put a because we were splitting half a beer. I put a half a shot of vodka in each glass. Uh, sliced up the, uh, some mint, uh, which I never get fine enough. I always feel like it's grass clippings whenever I make a, a drink with mint in it, which I always. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. Um, then uh, just a half a bottle each. Uh, half into- a bottle. Half a bottle oh. of the uh, Imperial Ginger Beer, and then topped it off. Uh, then just uh, a lime, just a half lime each. Squeezed uh, a quarter of it in there, and then put the quarter of the lime in there, and then left the other quarter on the rim, because people's taste buds differ. Some people like their drinks more limey than others, so I leave the, the rest of the lime on top so pe- so we could add it. I ended up adding mine. looks like John added his. And then topped it off with ice. Threw in a straw, mixed it together, right in the the Moscow Mule glass, and uh, away we go. These are
2: nice glasses. Uh, Or mugs. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and this isn't anything against this (laughs) drink, this is very tasty. I really like gin mules better than Moscow mules. I don't like gin. See, I didn't like gin until I started dating my wife, and she made me a gin and tonic, and I was like, this is the greatest summer drink
1: ever. what is it? Juniper? Juniper? What, what, what's, what's the mean? I think ju- like juniper flower juniper. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the main ingredient flavor ingredient. I, am not a big for fan gin. of. Yeah.
2: Gin. I never was either until, until, until I had a gin and tonic with cucumber and lime. And I was maybe. like,
1: Ooh. maybe it's a bad, maybe I'm just drinking the wrong gin. Like maybe, maybe beef eater. Isn't the gin for me.
2: Uh, Hendrix. Hendrix is delicious. Mm. Uh, we'll have to have you over in the summer <laughs> and have a gin and tonic <laughs> or a gin mule. Uh, but let's get into our main topic, uh, and this is Dayman from uh, Boom Studios. And this is written, as Chris said earlier, Matt uh, Gaganon, art by Brian Stelfries. Uh And this follows a gentleman who just started working as a Dayman, uh, which is also known as a sundog. This is a man who's hired by a vampire family to keep their orders and their affairs in line uh, during the day and he's relatively new to his position and kind of gets uh, entangled in a war of these two larger families the um, Vigos the Vigos the, yeah, the and the,
0: and the Ramses and the Ramses
2: uh, and kind of one more the uh, Egyptian kind of family and one more the Italian family mm. uh, is the kind of the feel I always got from it. Yeah. Um, and there's a long history of these two. There's been truths put in place. Uh, you know, mm. you don't cross this line. This is neutral area. You don't do anything in ours. Uh, and in the first issue, there is uh, a murder of a Ramses and a murder of a uh, Virgo. You're not saying All right, Virgo. What are they called? The Virgos. The Virgos? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They're Carpathians. Carpathians. No. (laughs) Uh, And kind of everything kind of happens... um, Spinning out of that. Spinning out of that, and there's... uh, There's betrayal uh, that you find out more towards the end, but there are also uh, like a drug kind of deal thing going on where uh, the teeth of vampires are being turned into like a drug to give... Other people's like almost like a uh, vampire powers kind of a thing. Uh, very interesting
1: book. Paul did not seem to like it. Well, I have a few issues with it, and we'll get into it um, a- a- as we go. But yeah, uh, it's the day man is a cool concept. I, re- I really enjoy the concept because it's a capable it's a capable Renfield. Yes. Like you see Renfield yeah. like going, going around, and you're like, why? Why is Dracula even bothering? Him? That guy's crazy and he's eating bugs. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, because he needs somebody to watch his coffin during the day. But why wouldn't he have somebody actually capable doing it? And this is what we, uh, that's what the day, the sun dog, our day <laughs> man he's is. basically
0: like Dracula learning his lesson and then, like, okay, I need, I need to train someone. I need somebody that badass, like me. And here we are, like, <laughs> hundreds of years later.
1: Mm-hmm. And everybody, like, all the families have these, like, they're basically bodyguards. They're the day bodyguards. They're trained to kill vampires because... They're, like, gophers and, like, enforcers at the same time. And there's a whole list of house staff that they have, that there's humans for. Uh, and they're, regis- they're supposedly registered because there's a lot of this... In the book, you get a lot of this uh, social class system inside the vampire world. You get a lot of breakdown of what everybody kind of does. And it's not broken out like in infographics. It's, like, broken out nicely in the story itself. But, you know, panel after panel of explanation, it does get a little tedious to be like, okay, no, I get it. She's, like, a housemaid. They're, That's are they're, they're
2: big books. They pack a <laughs> lot of information in each issue. Yeah. And that is maybe due
1: to eight issues over 27 months. like right. two, two, And they're all just 22 record- years. They're only like 20-something pages long, so it's not like they're oversized issues or anything, but they do get dense. And here's the thing is, I hate when I
2: get to read too much, but this story, like, everything felt so organic. It felt like a good story, mm-hmm. the right. things that were happening. And lots of action going on, too, in the mm-hmm.
0: book. Yeah, it's a great book, and the issues, they are very dense but not in the way that it feels happy it's just like there's a lot that happens in them and then you get to the end of it and you're like oh my god that was only one issue like it right. seems like you read a lot more than just like that 20 like 26 pages or whatever it was of of um, story
1: mm-hmm. yeah the the pacing since it was action and i kind of like when they got into the nitty-gritty of the vampire social structure in order like, that's where I felt like it kind of lagged, and it seemed like we never got past it. Like, every issue had some more detail. Like, they introduced the the old world. Like, oh, the old world vampires, and this is why they're warring with this the American fra- factions. And, oh, we were introducing you know, the, this girl helps... Uh, I'm forgetting his... Daniel Escape, the day man. David Escape, uh, Reed. And, oh, she's this, and this is what this means. And I'm like okay. Like, I never feel like I'm thrown into the deep end with everything, but I feel like maybe my hand was held a little too tightly, instead of See, just letting I, things that go. That kind of stuff
0: usually bothers me, but not so much in this book, because they get it out of the way within like, a page. Right. Like, yeah, they are like very, like, word balloon heavy pages, but mm-hmm. as soon as I feel like my attention started to waver, like, I'm I'm brought right back into it, because there's something that's happening.
1: And if I think I read it like more like John did, like one issue every so many months, like when I was sitting down to read it, like over the course of three days, it took me three days just because like I would hit that wall again, like every issue I would hit that. Oh, they're breaking this down. Ugh, I'm going to put it down and do something else now. And then the next day I come back, get through it, get through like three, ish, two to three issues. And then like, oh, uh, here we go again with the ex expo- this, the, the, you know, the exposition of everything. And that, that's one of my, that's like, it's a nitpicky small complaint. I think, I don't know how else they could have done it. I think you could have just let things be unsaid. Like, just, oh, okay, if there's some sort of begrudging thing happening between these two. Uh, this old, especially the old world, uh, guy. The new one and they're talking about the spy from nineteen eighty nine or nineteen eighty one and this was what was stolen and oh yes, and he took my eyes and also killed my brother. He and also bro- Yeah, but he didn't steal his <laughs> eyes and this like there was a big play
2: just to get his eyes back. Yeah. I'm
0: like, eh okay. You see I I actually really like that because at the point that they do start introducing all that, you already know that's the next. Story Who arc. characters are, and like they've set up like what this, um, like this struggle is going to be, and then they're alluding to wh- like what's going to come later. Like this mm-hmm. is like that build up for like the next arc or the following arc. Like mm-hmm. it's that looming big bad. I think
1: the best thing they did, you know, world building kind of, you know, curbed, stopped me a little bit, slowed me down, but I kept on coming back because. Every issue had, another, they were adding not only just exposition and facts about the story class, but also another twist. Like, oh, it's a drug trade, that's why. Oh, it's just a simple murder between these two families and starting off a war. No, wait, they were, they want you to think it was just a simple murder between these two factions. They're actually planning to cover, because they're trying to actually cover something up. Oh, but the cover up really isn't a cover up. It's supposed to make you think that's the cover up, and this is what's actually happening. But wait. Are they the ones in charge? No, nope. this other person's actually in charge. In each issue, the the story and the mystery kept on getting more and more involved, which kept me coming to it. And I think that's the best thing this book did. It kept me very interested in. I needed all those details so I could appreciate the mystery. Yeah. So it's like this weird, just this weird balance I have in my mind where I really enjoyed it all, except I kept on feeling like I just wanted to get to it.
2: Yeah, I can but, see you that. you know,
1: and I, uh, that slowdown, like, it just... Well, imagine reading anything. it over 27 months. I think it might have helped. Because I would have wanted that re-explanation versus, that, like, trying to get through it quickly. You and know?
2: that's the stuff that you really like, and it's only eight issues, but there's one book that is just, like, David going back to the man that trained him, which is this guy that mm. was one of the greatest kind of trainers, and he hasn't trained anyone in years, uh, who trained David Black Will. And it's the two of them taking on these daywalkers. Daywalker, basically the these, scourge, the scourge, the are, evolved, who are <laughs> became vampires by ingesting, <laughs> uh, putting in, like actually, like
1: taking
0: out yeah, some they, of their like, own humanity.
1: the fangs, yeah, and shoving the fangs up in their mouths, and like, all right. And you they might can, live, you might not. They can run. This through. might
0: take. It might it may not. Uh,
2: they we'll can see. move during the day. They have the kind of the power and the speeds and stuff. But like that episode, or that episode, that issue is all just David and his mentor mm-hmm. in a house under siege by these guys and killing them all and giving you some information more about the plot twists that are happening, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really good. And I mean. David is a he's a kind of a cool character. Even like in that first in that first issue, you know, he might have done stuff a little too extreme. Like, you know, he cracks the window and blows up this uh, vampire and burns down this boat. And mm-hmm. then they're like, "Hey, you're drawing a little too much attention when the coast guard finds a burning <laughs> boat <laughs> full of bodies. Like, you shouldn't have done that." And he's like, eh, "Learning curve." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll
0: we'll, we'll do better next time. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I really enjoyed like finally sitting down to read this because we read the first issue. I don't have the episode number handy for when we did this for the monthly back. Because um, it was so long ago it was when we weren't doing the show notes. But I know I read, I think, maybe like the second and third issue afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then it was coming out so sporadically that I didn't keep up on it. Even though, John, I know you did because every single issue you would pick for <laughs> your pick for that week. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, oh, this is the first like issue we've had in three months. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I finally had the opportunity to sit down and read this because this is something that even though I really enjoyed it, and I, I think the vampires in modern times has done better than zombies in modern times. We've had a lot more zombie books than we have had vampires. But the vampire ones we've had have been just so great with this and then something like American Vampire. And it's hard to kind of not compare the two of them. Right. But like I'm I'm glad this is like side reading to what I was getting in American Vampire. Yeah. Which I continued on with that series, too.
1: Uh, American Vampire has much better art, though, right? Like, because... Honestly,
0: guys, uh, uh, there are they're different types of art. I really love Brian Selfrie's, so I won't say one has better art than the other because Brian Selfrie's he does a great job just with like the pacing of the story and like the action. It's very James Bondy with vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, like the action scenes are so plotted out. Like every single panel you're seeing has like a great amount of motion and movement to it. But it doesn't take him, like, 15 panels to do it. Like, he can do it in just, like, seven on the page.
1: Now, I do want to ask you this about the art. Just going off the art alone, how old is David?
0: He's somewhere in the 20 to 45 years age range right Uh, like I would say like early 20s but something's happened where he's been aged and he has like that gray little like swirl in his hair it might because they do make mention that like oh he's a day man but like he's really young for the job and then when you see him going up against um Jacob the burner yeah Jacob the burner like the Ramsey's family uh day man you know this this guy hasn't been around long enough he's not as grizzled he's not as like old he's not as scarred like he's just on his way towards that there's was quite a few
1: panels where I kept on looking, and I'm like, wait, is that David? Because, you know, from far away, any time of, like, just where he's in the fr- frame, but he's not the lead in the frame, so he's kind of ba- the background character in it, he looks like Archie from Archie Comics, and then you get a close-up of him, and then he looks like he's a little bit more war-torn and everything, and I'm well, like,
2: uh, I, I don't See, either. I never
1: got the war-torn. Because he's got, like, they gave him, like,
2: freckles, yeah. and
1: yeah. he seems very unopposing. But he's got the all the, li- the lines in the face going on, and the white streak, the white truck of hair. Like, I don't know, and just the, his build also seemed to change, where he looked very slender in the background, but then when he would be close up, then you would see, like, he's actually, mus- you know, more built. Well, yeah, but Especially he's, the- he's
2: slender muscular. He's, right. you know... <laughs> I mean, because you can see the difference, like, when you... I'm flipping through the issue when he fights Jacob the Burner, and there's a different... There's a huge difference in each of their physiques. Mm -hmm. You know, the other one's bigger, broader, more muscular, where he's a thin, slender...
0: He's agile. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. uh, That was one of the things that kept on pulling me out of the book. I wasn't that impressed by the art. I I really wasn't, and I don't think the characters look consistent. Um, I don't
2: know. I see. I liked that. I thought that yeah,
1: was good. Yeah, I would disagree
0: way. with that. Okay.
1: I'm on the side of the table. I, I, I,
0: was... I think it's just one of those things, like, yeah, if someone's in the background of a panel, they're not going to be as detailed. But mm-hmm. as soon as it gets up to it, I'm like, yeah, you're going to see more of, like, those features. Like, you're going to see he's a little bit more chiseled under that suit.
2: That episode mm-hmm. where Jacob the Burner, him or that issue when the, him, they have that
0: that duel in the arena... Uh, issue seven, I think. Yeah, that's a good issue. That was a very good issue. Uh, and I mean, spoilers are always an effect. Like, I knew that had to be some sort of setup. Because why, why have all those vampires like out in the daytime? Oh yeah. But then again,
1: he's the, David is the one that called for it, so it wasn't a setup until he called for it, and then they're like, oh wait, but no, that, this is going to be that a was trap. the Play though. Yeah they they made him. This is the only option left to him, so of course he's going to do it. Therefore, when he does that, we will do this. Yeah. It's the chess game, three steps ahead, where the yeah. opponent's a grandmaster, and you don't somebody, know you're getting you know, led. He gets that whisper in the
2: ear of, you know, this is blah, 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 blah. And also, like, the um, the family that he works for, they insist that he trains and he has a cane with him, and that he uses this cane. And then they have this room filled with every cane mm-hmm. of their sundogs and everything. Like, that was like all these little cool little moments that I was like,
1: oh, that's kind of like really cool. <laughs> and then you see one of the canes. Belonged to his father. Mm. Or at least somebody I mean, with the same last name.
0: Most likely father. Because that, they do make mentions of, like, he doesn't know what's happened to his family. Yeah. Uh... Like, he was just kind of like dropped off at um, Black Will's house. And then train but to yeah, action. I I really dug this book. Um, I look forward to whenever we do volume two. There is no volume two. Well, it's, not... it's been coming out, hasn't it? No, haven't they done more uh, issues of it? I don't. I do not believe so.
2: Don't tell me this. Have I missed this?
0: I, I don't. Let me look at uh, Comicsology because I feel like when I was researching it, they did have a volume two. Uh, on. Unless it was just like maybe. They have on their own the, with like the like second a like couple issues they
2: have Damon pen and ink where it's all it's uh issues in
1: black and white doesn't seem good um, does not seem like a good idea guess there's some because it's very fake line work especially the lead vampire, are they the leader of the house Virgo like she's very like very not that much line work is done on her ever because you know she's supposed to be so beautiful that you know in her your present and you know mortal in her presence is just gets confused yeah you know
0: and uh, you know then messes with your brain chemistry.
2: There's there's two volumes but we read all okay. the issues that so are there yeah those.
0: we read issues one through eight as one volume but actually if you were to go by the trades for this one through four would be volume one and then five through eight would be volume two. Ooh, we read two traits. We got two trade in policies right now, guys. I know, right? for the price of one. Uh, this is something that I would be glad to see them go back to. I would love to see more of this world, more of these characters. Um,
2: they leave it open-ended, I, but I don't know if it's just they haven't been able to get
0: the books made. Well, I, I feel like it's mostly because Brian Selfries is a big comic book artist and like he's in demand. He's doing Black Panther right now from over at Marvel Comics. Um, Something else that we've read from him. He did the uh, Catwoman and Etric and the Demon stuff in Wednesday oh. comics. Like he's he's been around, like he does have like a catalogue of work. He's someone that when he's working on something, I don't think he does much else on the side. Um, I feel bad not knowing what Matt Gangan's done before, but I don't uh, know. I think he, it's worth checking out. He's
1: done Gangin style.
0: Oh. I'm um, gonna
2: Google. He did a book called Freelancers, uh, and that's basically it, really. Yeah, he's done Dayman, and he did Freelancers, which looks like it was a trade in 2014.
1: Uh, and we have done. 329 of these episodes. 330. Well, we're wrapping up 330 right now uh, before that. So if you like this episode, go back and listen to some
0: older stuff. Oh. Also, uh, Matt Ganga is the managing editor of all Boom titles. Hmm. So this is uh, like official title. Vol- volume 1 is four
2: ninety-nine on 99 uh, on uh, comixology. <laughs> I recommend it. I think if you're interested in what we've been talking about, and we've kept we didn't say a lot about actual story points about the
0: book. It's uh It's hard to say a lot about this book because it's it's very political just with like how the two families are kind of working against each other and then you have the your dayman um David like Reed stuck kind of in between all of this, trying to work through the mystery of what's happening, and then he finds that, like, oh no, this vampire urban myth of the Scourge, like, it it does exist, and that's kind of like the unseen player behind the scenes of everything. So it's it's very much a vampire political thriller. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's something yeah. that you definitely need to sit down and read. Like pl- I really think really you're right. A
1: political thriller on. is probably the best way to sum it up. It's like a... This uh, is the
0: born identity
1: yeah. of vampire books. <laughs> it is the John Grisham <laughs> or, yeah, like the hunter for... Who wrote the Hunt for Red October? Uh, that guy. That guy. Um, that guy. Uh, also, Tom Clancy. Tom
0: Clancy. Yeah, he does all the video games.
1: Yeah, Tom the, Clancy. The Tom, Clan- the Tom Clancy vampire book you've always wanted. Because yeah. he gets hey. in-depth with all the, like, jargon, too, Tom Clancy. Like, oh, this is an AK-47, though, which was you know, blah, 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 you know. So I could, yeah, Tom Clancy, I think, is the best way to put it.
0: I, I did, to kind of, like, throw back, I do like that moment in the book where you have Reed, like, going up against these, like, three mercenaries, and he's like, oh, I can't take these guys out. I'm going to talk my way around it. And then he goes into, like, the like the vampire, like, neutral area. And then he comes out, and then Jacob the Burner is, like, taking out those three guys. Is like, oh, no, you get, like, a bunch of people together that are going to depend on each other.
2: Yeah, there's there's a little bit more experience with Mm -hmm. Jacob the Burner, where he's still awesome book though. Oh yeah, I and I think they did everything well. Like they had that younger guy versus the older, Mm -hmm. you know, the older sun dog, and how you know that is the path that
1: David is Mm -hmm. set out on to be. And not only is Jacob the Burner is a legend. Yeah, he's you know he has this legendary status. He's like even known in the with the old world people, like, oh yeah, you know, he's he's kind of a
0: badass. You're like so, all right. John, I'm gonna pose this question to you. Since you brought this to the table and hey, thank you for that. They announce Damon volume two or you know, volume three, however they decide to break it into it. Um, do you read it as issue still or do you wait for them to put it out as a trait?
2: Uh, I would definitely pick up the first issue, see how it is, and if it is like this book I would continue to pick it up an issue because I would, when it came out I would buy it and I'd read it right away and then I'd sit there and be like man that was a great read, I can't wait for the next issue and I'd wait three months or four months or almost a year between issues and continue to pick it up that way Uh, you know like we had one issue came out November of 2014 (laughs) the next issue March 2015, like wow, you know you had huge, almost yearly gaps between these books coming out, and I was there every, mm-hmm. you know, when every it came month. out, I was there. Boom, I like it. All right, it's fine by me. Let's go.
1: You let me know when you're done collecting them all, and I'll read them again.
2: Mm, sure, no problem.
1: <laughs> we'll do this for another trade in policy. <laughs> yeah. Chris, how about you? What you? To steal every issue, or are you gonna let them build up? I think. Two uh, to three issues at a time is the most I can do.
0: Yeah, I I feel like reading a block of these issues is probably the best way to do it because they they are heavy. Um, reading each one of them seems like it takes forever, and not in a bad way at all. Like there's just so much that's thrown into them between story and action, and even just like uh, character development. I I dug it. I think no matter how you choose to read this book, you will enjoy it, but. This is one of those ones that I think I want to sit down and just like read in big chunks. Yeah, I need to not
1: read this for trade and policy, I think. you know Because I only gave myself the three days to really read it. it that was my fault. I've had it looming for... We've known about it for months. Months. And I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll read. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then I'm like, oh, I better start getting to it. It's eight issues. What if I don't like it? What if I need to take my time? And I ended up... What if it's,
2: like, uh, the gazillion issues that all of a sudden Paul lays out for <laughs> us to
1: read?
0: Hey, what if it turned out to be something like Superman Birthright?
1: I also gave you guys months on Superman Birthright yeah, as well. That never
0: ended, though. That's you the thing. Not.
2: Well, also, like, I didn't... You said, like, oh, like, Volume 1 or the series, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, this is, like, 13, 14 issues he's making us read. <laughs> And like you, okay, we yeah. usually yeah. sit down the the couple days before doing it. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh, I'm going to read a trade. I'm going to read a trade Friday night, and then or Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we record it on Sunday. And you're like, this <laughs> thing never ends. I got to wake up early now. I got to set an alarm. I mean, it was like Habibi. Habibi. Oh. Uh, we sat on that for months because it took <laughs> yep. so, so long for us to read it because it was so
1: down it was so heavy it was heavy it not many were not that many were balloons in heavy it was just a it was i don't want to say a, a dark, dark look through. but yeah it's it was tough i'm just looking up superman birthright so uh, i think it was 12 issues right uh page count but if we want to like ref- a
0: billion <laughs> But if you guys, want yeah, to do I, it, I will make sure I choose cool. something a little bit more light for my trade and policy in the next month. Yeah, yeah and, Superman
1: uh, Birthright was two hundred eighty-seven pe- uh, pages. Uh, this was I felt every endings.
0: single one of those pages cut into the very core of my being. Oh, Jesus, so
1: much. And the page count on, uh, like, just assuming twenty-two or twenty-three pages per issue for Dayman is only like hundred and ninety, and that's eight issues, and that's eight issues. yeah. But we knew Superman was long. I kept on saying, hey, this is... I don't remember you saying this was long. (laughs) Yeah, 12 issues. It's a maxi-series. I did
2: not know it was 12 issues.
1: Right. Well, look forward to The Rocketeer at War, my next pick. I'm going to look up how long this is right now. Shouldn't be much. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm Paul. I pick things without looking into it. Uh, Okay, it's 1 through 4. So it's 1 through 4. So I don't know how long. Hopefully not. It's like 80 pages. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Hey, and uh, you have any requests or requests that you would like us to do a trade in policy or uh, a book series that we should check out, uh, please let us know. We've had a lot of success, Uh book series that Paul and I didn't know we'd love, like uh, Thor, that mm-hmm. Thor is one of the books that you've stayed on since we read that trade, a uh, book that I dabble in. Uh, also um what was it? Uh Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Uh Rat Queens. Rat Queens, Rat Queens yeah. is uh recommended and I, man, I love that is book. Is there another trade of act? Yes, there's a lot yeah. They okay. they continue to do that till uh just recently I think it kinda tapered off. I'm gonna have uh, to, when I was for those. to
0: doing my polls for the next couple of months. There's a new Rat Queens number one coming out in like March. Oh that sounds so, yeah. good. Something to look forward to. It is. And,
2: uh, yeah. So, uh, send us your request for a book for us to read. Uh, know that if we don't like it, we probably will say you, tell you. <laughs> uh, or Paul will pick the wrong trade. Paul picked the wrong trade, and we'll read that. Uh, I started at the zero
1: like one, it. and I should have picked, like, the one right in the dead set middle.
2: Because the guy even said, like, the first stuff's not very good. This is where the book picks up. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, let us know. Also, let us find us over on Facebook. Find us over on Twitter. Find us on uh, iTunes. Rate and review us yeah. there. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had a rate and review,
0: and we have Check out the show notes of this uh, episode on bettingboard.com. I promise I will catch up on those and get everything fleshed out because I've been really bad about it. I'm sorry. It's okay. We still love you, Chris. Yeah. Hey, I feel like when hey, I do it, we're not it's really getting paid good. for this. Mm-hmm.
2: We're not getting paid. We show up and we buy our own books and we buy our own beer and we're doing it for free. We do it for the low of the game.